Welcome to Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons. Q is about conversation. If we're really concerned about ending poverty, we've got to be more concerned about creating justice. Our cultural products as Christians need to both defy and resonate with the culture. But God's doing amazing things. His church is expanding, His church is growing. It's not what's the purpose of my life, it's what is the purpose that's been assigned. Stay curious, think well, advance good. This is Q. When Jesus doesn't do what we want, we lose our heart to serve him and we collapse back into our own agenda again. This remarkable moment where Judas is trying to get Jesus to be like the proper Messiah, do the King David stuff, and Jesus doesn't, and so he sells him out. Sometimes our hearts give out when the cancer isn't healed, the prayers aren't answered, the money doesn't come in, the breakthrough doesn't happen, and we're like, Jesus, I'm good, thank you, I think I'll take it from here. Recently in Vanity Fair magazine, there was an extended article about a former evangelical leader who had a serious fall from grace. Now, in the conversation, he was bluntly unapologetic in how he lived a dual life where he was focused on power and influence over faithfulness to the ways of the kingdom of God. This is Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons for this first weekend in February. I'm Paul Perot from Faith Radio with Gabe. And with that Vanity Fair article in mind, I feel it's almost providential that we had this talk scheduled to hear today. This comes from last spring's Culture Summit in Nashville. Gabe, set it up for us. We invited John Tyson, pastor of Church of the City, New York, probably one of the most well-read, understanding of history, revival, all of the dynamics that take place as you're trying to live out faithfulness as a minority in the midst of a culture that has very different views, maybe even different pillars upon which it's being built. John lays out a vision in all of his work of how we as the church, as Christians, can live differently, can live from an alternative space that invites other people in and that is winsome and flourishing. And so in this talk where he describes the idea of faithfulness over influence, he lays out a vision for what it might look like for us to not just pursue influence, but for us to see the bigger reward of being faithful. So let's listen in now to John Tyson. Well, early in the pandemic in the middle of New York City, I heard Tim Keller say something talking about what he'd learned pastoring for the last 30 years in the city. And it just sort of shook me because it was something nobody was talking about. He said, Christians possess within them a heroic response in times of crisis. Didn't you feel some of this? After you sort of settled under the initial reality, the world is in a pandemic. Something in you said the church was born for a moment like this. Love, serve, give, sacrifice, pray, share, all of those things that need to happen. He said, we possess within us a godly adrenal response to crisis. He said, but one of the things that struck me after 9-11 is that many people didn't process all of the pain they carried within themselves, all of the drama, all of the tensions. And so when the crisis wore off, the dropout level of people leaving the city and ministry was remarkable. And his point was this, you won't see the cost of what we've been through now or soon, you'll see it in the future. 
What's your plan for that? Plan for that? Plan beyond the plans we're trying to make to get through this moment and love and serve? And then I had another conversation with one of my mentors who posed this question to me. He said, what if this moment we're in right now is the easiest your leadership will ever be for the rest of your life? Not what if this is the new normal, what if this is the easiest of the tension of the future that we're heading into? And I remember thinking to myself, I need different mentors. (laughs) Jesus says this in the book of Matthew. At that time, many will turn away from the faith and betray and hate one another. And many false prophets will appear and deceive many people. Because of the increase of wickedness, the love of most will grow cold. But the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. And I don't like now what Jesus is saying to me when I'm in the Gospels asking him about the future. But one of the things I can't get away from and one of the things you can't get away from is that God has called and entrusted you to lead in this moment. So God, who has arranged human history, who has determined the very time and place that you should live, who knows every heart who will ever be in his kingdom, when he's mapping out your destiny and human history, he says, you here now. You are the people Jesus trusts more than any of the saints in history to get us through this moment. So this started asking me, me to ask the question, how do I be one of the people whose love doesn't grow cold? And this shifted my question from how do we influence the world as if we really have that much control over it to how do we be faithful to the thing that God's entrusted us to in this moment? And so I want to address today what I perceive to be the two greatest challenges to leading through everything to come that you and I will have to wrestle through if we're going to finish with full hearts and faithfulness to Jesus. I came across a a quote in my reading last year by Todd Bolzinger, and it says this, and he talks about two great challenges. Failure of nerve is a caving into the pressure of the anxiety of the group to return to the status quo. It's a loss of courage to further the mission. Failure of heart is the emotional cutoff that occurs when the leader's discouragement leads them to psychologically abandon their people and the charge they have been given. Now, he's channeling Friedman here, who was a leader who addressed a lot of things. But I began to think, these, when I map out the territory of my heart and leadership, these are the two tensions I feel that will sabotage most leaders' capacity to finish well. Failure of nerve on one hand and a failure of heart on the other. So let's just take a moment to look at these things that are threats to us leading and finishing well. Firstly, a failure of nerve. His idea taken from Friedman is that a failure of nerve basically says the leader does not possess within himself the necessary fortitude, courage, or identity to resist the anxiety of his people. So the leader then, out of self-preservation, collapses back into the acceptance of the group. Ever felt this? I don't know, like in the last year where everybody's telling you what to do and the whole time you want to love and serve them, but you know they're wrong. 
They're in lizard brain. They're in bizarre theories. They're all over the map. And they're telling you you're wrong. You must come back. And because you don't possess the courage to lead, you go, okay. You abdicate your leadership. When does this happen? I think there's three moments that all of us have to wrestle with where this happens. Number one, we see a failure of nerve when momentum in ministry shifts. How many of you love pastoring when it's going well? I mean, you just preach and they love what you say. You lead and people go, where does such wisdom come from? You say, I'm thinking about doing a thing and people are like, who do I make the checkout to? But it's hard to lead and do the right thing when all the momentum's against you. Think about Peter. Peter's got kingdom momentum in his ministry with Jesus. Everybody says, he's the Messiah. There's swelling crowds, there's teaching. Peter says, if everybody else leaves you, Lord, not I. Yet everything shifts. Jesus goes from the next possible Messiah to a failed revolutionary. And all it takes when there's a shift of momentum dynamics is a teenage girl to go, aren't you one of him? And he's like, woman, I don't even know the man. Ministry dynamic shift where you don't have momentum. You've got momentum against you. What a crowd couldn't shut down, a teenage girl could do with one comment. Ministry dynamics cannot be the thing that determine our faithfulness. We've got to be faithfulness regardless of whatever it is. The second temptation for failure of nerve is when we get dominant personalities aligned against us. It's amazing how many people have left the church during covid And it's amazing how the very people you wish would leave your church during COVID are like, ride or die. (laughs) These dominant personalities. You think about the power that you grant to a dominant personality to make your nerve fail. Think about Elijah. He's in a contest between the prophets of Baal and Jehovah. And what ends up happening, you know the whole story, says the God who was fire, answers by fire, will serve him. So the whole showdown with the altars, they rebuild the altars and then fire comes down from heaven and the prophets of Baal are destroyed. And then Jezebel comes along and says, mark my words that if you don't die like the prophets of Baal by this time tomorrow. And one dominant voice makes Elijah flee to the wilderness, say, Lord, I have had enough. He has to take a nap and the angel has to be like, yo, you're not gonna get through this, have a little snacky, puts him back to sleep and go another round. You think he saw fire from heaven? He saw Yahweh answer, I'm the God. And yet, Yahweh says, I'm the God. And Jezebel says, you're dead. And he says, I'm out. The power of a dominant personality to cause your nerve to fail in leadership. This is something we must wrestle with. And then lastly, I think one of the great challenges we face in this area is having to do with uncertainty. It's when your followers demand you take them somewhere, but God hasn't shown you where to go. Think about Aaron. They are six weeks out from being delivered. You want to talk about like the the signs and wonders. God judges the Egyptian gods. They come out. Moses goes up on the mountain to ratify the covenant. What ends up happening? They say like, Moses, it's taking too long. I know he's up there somewhere, but he's not here and he's not telling us what to do next. And so in the anxiety of the people to figure out how to go on, they say, make us a God. And Aaron has the greatest failure of nerve probably that I can think of. He sits there and he goes, "Uh, uh, okay, so give me all the reparations you got from your time in slavery. And the thing that's meant to build your future becomes the idol that drags them back into their past. They make a golden calf and he says, behold, you're God that brought you out of Egypt. 
And Moses comes down and he's like, what the, I mean, he just can't believe it. And Aaron goes, well, um, I mean, I don't, even, I don't even know how this happened actually. Like honestly, like you were like busy and stuff and then there was a fire and then the calf. I don't even, could not resist the uncertainty. So I wanna be clear, I map out my leadership failures of nerve and they're in these three categories. Momentum's against me and I don't have the courage to withstand the momentum. Dominant personalities attack me and I don't have what it takes to resist them. I've authorized their voice to carry too much influence in my leadership. And then thirdly, uncertainty about what to do next. So I just do whatever people think should be done so we can go wherever the people think we should go. Failure of nerve is coming for your leadership. You must learn to be faithful. Then on the other side, he talks about a failure of heart. And a failure of heart is basically where he gets so caught up in what's happening, he's got good momentum and good dynamics, but then he loses the love for the people. And a failure of heart says, I'm willing to get what I need done, but I'm just not gonna care about you. I think about Moses. Moses starts out as an intercessor. When God wants to judge the people, he says, no, Lord, stands between God, they're my people but he gets in leadership for a while and people grind him out and drive him crazy. And he strikes the rock and God says, you're only gonna see your destiny from a distance. You're not going in. And then he starts getting bitter at the people. Then he says, your people, Lord, you know, you're, you're their God, your people. Then he says to the people, God was angry with me because of you. And he loses that tenderness that he possesses as a deliverer. And then you see sometimes there's a failure of heart with Judas because sometimes Jesus doesn't do what we want. When Jesus doesn't do what we want, we lose our heart to serve him and we collapse back into our own agenda again. And this remarkable moment where Judas is trying to get Jesus to be like the proper Messiah, do the King David stuff, and Jesus doesn't and so he sells him out. Sometimes our hearts give out when the cancer isn't healed, the prayers aren't answered, the money doesn't come in, the breakthrough doesn't happen. And we're like, Jesus, I'm good, thank you. I think I'll take it from here. Sometimes the failure of the heart is just a love for the world. Demas, because he loved this world, has forsaken me. The fool says in his heart there is no God. Rarely his mind, it's an attitude of the world that is not weaned off the affections of the age. And if we're not careful, this can happen in our hearts. Failure of nerve, failure of heart. These are the things we must resist if we're to be faithful in the end. So how do we do this? How do we resist these temptations then? I think the first thing we need to understand that the key is what psychologists call leadership differentiation, which means it's the ability to have a clear sense of self and call separate from fruit or results from those you are leading. Now, when we talk about differentiation, it's important to clarify here, you can have selfish differentiation. That means there's a way to do what you wanna do because you're using the people for your ministry. And so you give in a little bit and you don't love that much, but you keep leading because there's something you're getting out of it. What's worse than that is psychopathic differentiation. A psychopath is someone who can harm people without caring because there's no empathetic connection to them. 
And so often much of the abuses that we're talking about in the culture at large is because people have differentiated themselves. I'm the leader. This is my ministry. I'm going to do my thing and I don't care what they want and I don't care what they need. It's all about mine. And so they do so much harm to the people they're called to love. And we're seeing a reckoning in the church from selfish and psychopathic differentiation right now. What we actually need is godly differentiation. This means that we within ourselves know him to whom we are called. Therefore, we're freed from the need of the affirmation of the people and we can love them when things are hard. How do you cultivate godly differentiation? Well, when we look at the life of Jesus, we see three things. Number one, he had a profound sense of rooted identity. He just knew whose he was. And Christians talk about identity all the time, as I mentioned first thing this morning, because we're so bad at embodying it. Identity is the point of the start of the best satanic attack in your life. Jesus, after the father says to him, this is my beloved son who I love and I'm well pleased. While his hair is wet from the waters of baptism, Satan is attacking his identity. If you really are the son of God, do this, do this, do this, do this. And Jesus has to do identity resistance. So we may have to make sure that we're rooted profoundly in this. We have to know that we belong to him. Secondly, we need to live for the upward call. Again, so much of what we're wanting to do is about influencing others. And even in the pandemic, it's just like, it's views and dollars. And the amount of pastors I've heard is like, our giving's so good. And it's like, but what if our discipleship's so bad? Does it matter if you have millions in the bank, but your people are malnourished in their spirits? We've got to have that upward call of faithfulness to God, a sense of rootedness to Him. I remember Easter last year in the middle of New York City, I walked into Times Square and it was just, it was empty. I was the only person in Times Square. I mean, honestly, it was like the rapture had happened and I was like, I don't like have that theology, but I will revisit that right now because there's nobody here. And the city was shaken and I simply went into the middle of Times Square to sing on Easter morning, Christ the Lord has risen today. I had no life left. I had no energy. I had nothing. But I said, all I want to do, Jesus, I can't control the future. I can't stop the plague. But I just want you to know, in the eyes of the principalities and powers, I declare the resurrection of Jesus over a city that is dying. (laughs) Did it do anything? Not that I'm aware of. Zero fruit from my one-on-one prophetic stand. (laughs) Except this. I felt Jesus say, thank you. Thank you. I was like, if nobody else is here, I can't do anything else, but I can stand. And here I stand. Christ the Lord has risen today. It's the upward call. It's not a results-oriented reality. It is a vertical understanding of what God has for us. And it's just that vision of faithfulness. It's a vision of faithfulness. You're going to stand before Jesus and give an account for how well you lived his purposes. And every day I get up and I say, I am tempted to have a failure of nerve and heart. So Lord God... Show me who I am. Get my eyes on you and let me think about the day of judgment. All I want to hear is not well done, kingdom influencer. I just want to hear 
That was it, thank you. What I'm good and faithful servant. Well, what do we do if we're tempted for failure of nerve? Well, it's not a pragmatic solution, it's a spiritual solution. It is you need more of the Holy Spirit. Peter goes from being intimidated by a teenage girl to preaching to a city when the Spirit of God comes upon him. And I want to say the future of the church and all of our leadership will not be solved with technology or technique. It will only be an outpouring of the Spirit of God in the hearts of his people. So we have to be people who say, come Holy Spirit. Come Holy Spirit. With you in my life, I have all the momentum I need regardless of the culture. With you in my life, I can overcome any accusing voice. With you in my life, you will lead and guide me. I do not need to live in the uncertainty, anxiety of my people. We need a church filled with the Holy Spirit. And then secondly, we need a church that has a stronger heart. One of the most remarkable things in the book of Ephesians is it says this, and I pray that you may be strengthened in your inner man. Why? So you can know God loves you. Our hearts are so weak, we don't even have the capacity we need to carry the love of Jesus that is offered to us. What a prayer. Hey, there's this love but your heart's too small, too weak right now. Let me pray for an increase of your inner capacity to receive love. And we need to pray, Spirit of God, increase the capacity of my heart. I need love to be poured into me through the Holy Spirit. And ultimately, the goal of all of this, the goal of all of this is to be like Jesus. Because Jesus never had a failure of nerve. The crowds came to him and said, we want to make you king. He's like, nah. Feed us some more. I'm good. Your words are very hard. Okay. I've given up. Let the dead bury their dead. Yeah, but he's a rich young ruler. Send him away. I love him, but he's not in. Never once did he give in to the anxiety of the people. And Jesus never had a failure of heart. He's on the cross being crucified. And he says, Father, forgive them. They don't even know what they're doing. He's on the cross and he's looking at his mother and he's like, John, I need you to take care of her. This is your mother. He is still other-centered and tender. And ultimately what the church needs for the future, what it needs is people who will lead like Jesus with divine resolve and divine love. And so I just want to call you to guard your heart against a failure of nerve and guard your heart against giving in and abandoning your people emotionally because they drive you crazy. Let us be a church faithful like Jesus. And so I close with this verse from the book of Hebrews that says, consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose hope. Well, this again is Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons on Faith Radio. And that was a talk from last year's Culture Summit from Pastor John Tyson. You might remember Gabe's conversation with John late last year about his book, The Intentional Father, and the program he called The Primal Path that seeks to build character and integrity and overall faithfulness to God and to our sons. Gabe, with the pursuit by many to be an influencer or even just a person of power, John's message of faithfulness over influence lays something very different. He brings some very important truths. I mean, 
What if this last year wasn't your hardest year? What if there are more challenging things coming? How will we live through that? How will we walk through that? How will we do that with joy? How will we do that and invite others in? I mean, this is the challenge in 2022. And I'm excited about all the things coming up this year. I want to go ahead and make sure on your calendars, April 28th and 29th, we're having our 16th annual Culture Summit. This is going to be an incredible year to be a part of it. We are blowing it out. This year, we are taking so seriously, what does it mean for us as believers to really be part of demonstrating what life looks like, what flourishing looks like when you start to see things around you falling apart, when you're not sure who to trust anymore, when we see our institutions struggling to capture the attention and the trust of those around our societies, how do we move forward and lead? What is the unique role that the church has to bring signs of life into this space? And so our talks, our conversations, our directives, the application of all of these talks, we're dialing it in even better than we ever have before to try to help you be encouraged and have vision, not just for you, but for all of those that you lead. And so it's one of those things at the beginning of the year, go ahead and pencil it in. We're going to start sending out many more details in the next couple of weeks. You're going to start to learn more about what this April 28th, 29th experience is going to be. It's not only going to be live in person in Nashville, where we have room for 800 leaders to be with us. That's sold over 50, 60% now from people who've just come every year. So there's still more space to do that. We would, we would invite you to come be with us. But for those of you who aren't able to be with us, you're not able to travel and you want to engage this conversation in your church, in your workplace, at your school, amongst the leaders that you're serving and other Christians and families and parents who are trying to navigate the tensions of this current complex world, I want to encourage you to pencil in these dates because we're going to create every avenue and way for you to participate. We're going to make this affordable. We're going to make this accessible. And we're going to make this an event for the year that we believe will be something that unifies the church and helps leaders know how to lead forward and helps those who are just struggling to navigate the day-to-day have confidence and empowerment to know how to do that well and to do it faithfully. So, You can learn more about that at qideas.org slash culture summit with many more details to come as we move into February. But we're excited to see you in Nashville, but we're also equally excited to partner with you to bring signs of life to your own church, to your own community in the year ahead. So we'll look forward to next week's episode and I hope you have a wonderful week. Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons is made possible in partnership with Faith Radio and Northwestern Media. Thanks again for listening. Thank you for listening to the Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons podcast. These conversations are available because of listener support. You can make your gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. To avoid missing future editions of Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons, subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or on your podcast player. And thank you for sharing this audio link with a friend and growing the impact of Q Ideas with Gabe Lyons.